This is day 71 of our daily Bible reading. We will be completing 1 Chronicles chapters 13 through 17. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here this morning. Thank you for giving us the time to dedicate to you and the freedom to do so. We thank you for this privilege to spend time with you this morning. May we take this seriously, Lord, as we are spending time with a friend or a loved one or with someone who is so important to us, because that's what you are, Lord. We may not always be righteous in what we do, and we may not always be consistent in what we do, but Lord God, may the overarching theme of our lives be like David, that we were after your own heart. We may make mistakes, Lord, and I know you forgive us for those things, but please cause us to stay close to you, and to stay steadfast in your love. Lord, I know I speak for myself and what's going on with me, but I know that there are others that feel the same way, that that inconsistency that exists within us, that conflict between the flesh and the spirit, that you may cause those things to be eliminated and that we can just pursue you and that nothing else will matter. But please do that to our hearts, that we can... Follow you with an undivided heart, just as these men followed David with an undivided heart. Thank you for this time, and please allow your Holy Spirit to bless us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Then David consulted with the captains of the thousands and the hundreds, even with every leader. David said to all the assembly of Israel, If it seems good to you, and if it is from the Lord our God, let us send everywhere to our kinsmen who remain in all the land of Israel, also to the priests and Levites who are with them in their cities with pasture lands, that they may meet with us. And let us bring back the ark of our God to us, for we did not seek it in the days of Saul. Then all the assembly said that they would do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. So David assembled all Israel together, from the Shehor of Egypt, even to the entrance of Hamath, to bring the ark of God from Kiriath-Jerim. David and all Israel went up to Baala, that is, to Kiriath-Jerim, which belongs to Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, the Lord who is enthroned above the cherubim, where his name is called. They carried the ark of God on a new cart from the house of Abinadab, and Uzzah and Ahio drove the cart. David and all Israel were celebrating before God with all their might, even with songs and with lyres, harps, tambourines, cymbals, and with trumpets. When they came to the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put out his hand to hold the ark, because the oxen nearly upset it. The anger of the Lord burned against Uzzah, so that he struck him down because he put out his hand to the ark, and he died there before God. Then David became angry because of the Lord's outburst against Uzzah, and he called that place Perez-Uzzah to this day. David was afraid of God that day, saying, How can I bring the ark of God home to me? So David did not take the ark with him to the city of David, but took it aside 
to the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. Thus the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house three months. And the Lord blessed the family of Obed-Edom with all that he had. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David with cedar trees, masons, and carpenters, to build a house for him. And David realized that the Lord had established him as king over Israel, and that his kingdom was highly exalted for the sake of his people Israel. Then David took more wives at Jerusalem, and David became the father of more sons and daughters. These are the names of the children born to him in Jerusalem. Shamua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibhar, Elishua, Elpalet, Noga, Nepheg, Japhia, Elishama, Bealiada, and Eliphalet. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up in search of David. And David heard of it and went out against them. Now the Philistines had come and made a raid in the valley of Rephaim. David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? And will you give them into my hand? Then the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will give them into your hand. So they came up to Baal Perizim, and David defeated them there. And David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand, like the breakthrough of waters. Therefore they named that place Baal Perizim. They abandoned their gods there, so David gave the order, and they were burned with fire. The Philistines made yet another raid in the valley. David inquired again of God, and God said to him, You shall not go up after them. Circle around behind them, and come at them in front of the balsam trees. It shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then you shall go out to battle, for God will have gone out before you to strike the army of the Philistines. David did, just as God had commanded him, and they struck down the army of the Philistines from Gibeon even as far as Gezer. Then the fame of David went out into all the lands, and the Lord brought the fear of him on all the nations. Now David built houses for himself in the city of David, and he prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched a tent for it. Then David said, No one is to carry the ark of God but the Levites, for the Lord chose them to carry the ark of God and to minister to him forever. And David assembled all Israel at Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord to its place, which he had prepared for it. David gathered together the sons of Aaron and the Levites, of the sons of Kohath, Uriel the chief, and 120 of his relatives, of the sons of Merari, Asiah the chief, and 220 of his relatives, of the sons of Gershom, Joel the chief, and 120 of his relatives, of the sons of Elisaphon, Shemaiah the chief, and 200 of his relatives, of the sons of Hebron, Eliel the chief, and 80 of his relatives, of the sons of Uziel, Aminadab the chief, and 112 of his relatives, 
Then David called for Zadok and Abiathar the priests, and for the Levites, for Uriel, Asiah, Joel, Shemaiah, Eliel, and Aminadab. And he said to them, You are the heads of the father's households of the Levites. Consecrate yourselves, both you and your relatives, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel to the place that I have prepared for it. Because you did not carry it at the first, the Lord our God made an outburst on us, for we did not seek him according to the ordinance. So the priests and the Levites consecrated themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. The sons of the Levites carried the ark of God on their shoulders with the poles thereon, as Moses had commanded according to the word of the Lord. Then David spoke to the chiefs of the Levites to appoint their relatives, the singers, with instruments of music, harps, lyres, loud-sounding cymbals, to raise sounds of joy. So the Levites appointed Haman, the son of Joel, and from his relatives, Asaph, the son of Berechiah. And from the sons of Merari, their relatives, Ethan, the son of Cushiah, and with them their relatives of the second rank, Zechariah, Ben, Jaziel, Shemiramoth, Jehiel, Uni, Eliab, Benaiah, Measiah, Matatiah, Eliphelehu, Mekaniah, Obed-Edom, and Jael, the gatekeepers. So the singers, Haman, Asaph, and Ethan, were appointed to sound loud cymbals of bronze, and Zechariah, Aziel, Shemiramoth, Jehiel, Uni, Eliab, Measiah, and Benaiah, with harps tuned to Alamoth, and Matatiah, Eliphelehu, Mekaniah, Obed-Edom, Jael, and Azaziah, to lead with lyres tuned to the Sheminith. Chenaniah, chief of the Levites, was in charge of the singing. He gave instruction in singing because he was skillful. Berechiah and Elkanah were gatekeepers for the ark. Shebaniah, Joshaphat, Nethanel, Amasai, Zechariah, Benaiah, and Eliezer, the priests, blew the trumpets before the ark of God. Obed-Edom and Jehiah also were gatekeepers for the ark. So it was David, with the elders of Israel and the captains over thousands, who went to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord from the house of Obed-Edom with joy. Because God was helping the Levites who were carrying the ark of the covenant of the Lord, they sacrificed seven bulls and seven rams. Now David was clothed with a robe of fine linen with all the Levites who were carrying the ark, and the singers, and Chaniah the leader of the singing, with the singers. David also wore an ephod of linen. Thus all Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with shouting, and with sound of the horn, with trumpets, and with loud-sounding cymbals, with harps and lyres. It happened when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came to the city of David that Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window 
and saw King David leaping and celebrating, and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of God and placed it inside the tent which David had pitched for it, and they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. When David had finished offering the burnt offering and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. He distributed to everyone of Israel, both man and woman, to everyone a loaf of bread and a portion of meat and a raisin cake. He appointed some of the Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord, even to celebrate and to thank and to praise the Lord God of Israel. Asaph, the chief, and second to him, Zechariah, then Jael, Shemiramoth, Jehiel, Matatiah, Eliab, Benaiah, Obed-Edom, and Jael, with musical instruments, harps, lyres, also Asaph playing loud-sounding cymbals, and Benaiah and Jahaziel, the priests, blew trumpets continually before the Ark of the Covenant of God. Then on that day, David first assigned Asaph and his relatives to give thanks to the Lord. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, speak of all his wonders. Glory in his holy name, let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his wonderful deeds which he has done, his marvels and the judgments from his mouth. O seed of Israel his servant, sons of Jacob his chosen ones, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, the covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac. He also confirmed it to Jacob for a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion of your inheritance. When they were only few in number, very few, and strangers in it, and they wandered about from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another people. He permitted no man to oppress them, and he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones, and do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in holy array. 
tremble before him, all the earth. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. Let the heavens be glad, and let the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, The Lord reigns. Let the sea roar and all that it contains. Let the field exult and all that is in it. Then the trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Then say, Save us, O God of our salvation, and gather us and deliver us from the nations to give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting even to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen, and praised the Lord. So he left Asaph and his relatives there before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to minister before the Ark continually, as every day's work required. And Obed-Edom with his sixty-eight relatives, Obed-Edom also the son of Jeduthun, and Hosea as gatekeepers. He left Zadok the priest and his relatives the priests before the tabernacle of the Lord in the high place which was at Gibeon to offer burnt offerings to the Lord on the altar of burnt offerings continually, morning and evening, even according to all that is written in the law of the Lord, which he commanded Israel. With them were Haman and Jeduthun, and the rest who were chosen, who were designated by name to give thanks to the Lord, because his loving kindness is everlasting. And with them were Haman and Jeduthun, with trumpets and cymbals for those who should sound aloud, and with instruments for the songs of God, and the sons of Jeduthun for the gate. Then all the people departed each to his house, and David returned to bless his household. And it came about when David dwelt in his house that David said to Nathan the prophet, Behold, I am dwelling in a house of cedar, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under curtains. Then Nathan said to David, Do all that is in your heart, for God is with you. It came about the same night that the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell David my servant. Thus says the Lord, You shall not build a house for me to dwell in. For I have not dwelt in a house since the day that I brought up Israel to this day. But I have gone from tent to tent, and from one dwelling place to another. In all places where I have walked with all Israel, have I spoken a word with any of the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people, saying, Why have you not built for me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be leader over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make you a name like the name of the great ones who are in the earth. 
I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, so that they may dwell in their own place and not be moved again. And the wicked will not waste them any more as formerly, even from the day that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and I will subdue all your enemies. Moreover, I tell you that the Lord will build a house for you, when your days are fulfilled, that you must go to be with your fathers, that I will set up one of your descendants after you, who will be of your sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son, and I will not take my loving kindness away from him, as I took it from him who was before you. But I will settle him in my house and in my kingdom forever, and his throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so Nathan spoke to David. Then David the king went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that you have brought me this far? This was a small thing in your eyes, O God, but you have spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come, and have regarded me according to the standard of a man of high degree, O Lord God. What more can David still say to you concerning the honor bestowed on your servant? For you know your servant, O Lord, for your servant's sake, and according to your own heart. You have wrought all this greatness to make known all these great things. O Lord, there is none like you, nor is there any God besides you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And what one nation in the earth is like your people Israel, whom God went to redeem for himself as a people, to make you a name by great and terrible things? in driving out nations from before your people, whom you redeemed out of Egypt. For your people Israel, you have made your own people forever, and you, O Lord, became their God. Now, O Lord, let the word that you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house be established forever, and do as you have spoken. Let your name be established and magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God of Israel, even a God to Israel. And the house of David, your servant, is established before you. For you, O oh my God, have revealed to your servant that you will build for him a house. Therefore, your servant has found courage to pray before you. Now, O oh Lord, you are God and have promised this good thing to your servant. And now it has pleased you to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue forever before you. For you, O Lord, have blessed, and it is blessed forever. It's not very often that we complete five chapters of the Bible in such a short time, so let's take advantage of that time today. But so I'm just going to go through a couple of brief things that are worth noting. 
certainly are things that we should consider as we go forward. So some of this is familiar to us. Most of it is, in fact, because we have been here before. But there's a couple things to note that were not listed before. Again, this is the spiritual side of the Samuels and the Kings. So we notice in chapter 13, the very first verse, something stands out to us if we're paying attention. Then David consulted with the captains of the thousands and the hundreds, even with every leader. It does not mention in here that he consulted God about moving the Ark of the Covenant. Since it was God's Ark, wouldn't you want to consider asking the Lord what the Lord wants to do with his Ark? But we see that David didn't do that. David asked the people what they wanted, and it seemed good to them, so they did it. But God's standards were already established. Did they do it in ignorance? Yes. But it goes to show how God's perfect justice works. His standard is eternal. So if he makes a commandment, even in ignorance, it applies to everyone. So there's a reason why it seems unfair that Uzzah had to get struck down when he was trying to steady the thing, but I personally think that God upset the oxen too in order to demonstrate the fear that the people should have for his commandments and his ordinances that he had already established through Moses. And at first, we see David respond negatively. He was afraid, and he became angry. Then we see him build a house, and we see him have more children and have some victories in battle. But you see how he had those victories in battle? He inquired of God. He learned his lesson. He learned the lesson early before he tried to do anything else. And we see this relationship with David. We go back and forth with him. Just And it's such a picture of us as human beings. We are so wishy-washy. We're so flip-floppy. We're so backwards and forwards kind of people. On and off. Hot and cold. We're just so inconsistent. Aren't we? We're just so we're so on fire for the word of God one day, and then another day we get distracted by the lusts of this world, and we weaken our and diminish our ability to worship him. And then we get back on track, and then we go back off track, and we just the cycle repeats. Such is the nature of having a sinful flesh and yet having the spirit of God within us. That spiritual warfare that always exists within us. And we see this in David, and even though at the end of his life, the overall arching theme is that he was a man after God's own heart. He made plenty of mistakes, as we see here. But you see that he did not try to move the ark again until he did his research, until he did his homework. I can imagine him praying like, Lord, what did I do wrong? Show me what I did wrong. And I can imagine that God led him to the law, and that he's reading the law, and he's like, oh, okay, now I get it, Lord. We, You had already established how to move this, and we were not doing it right. We were trying to put it on a new cart and do it like that, but you had already prescribed that it should be carried on poles 
by specific people. And I did not follow your command. And so there was a consequence. Please forgive me, Lord. And then you see that through, through chapter 15, as they begin the preparations, you see how he learned the lesson. He did his homework. That's why he says in verse 2, No one is to carry the ark but the Levites, because God chose them to carry the ark of God forever. Ah, David's starting to get it. And then later on, he says something else again. He says here in verse 12, You are the heads of the father's households of the Levites. Consecrate yourselves before the Lord, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord God to the place I have prepared for it. Because you did not carry it the first time, the Lord our God was angry with us, for we did not seek him according to the ordinance. Bingo. David got it figured out. And he admitted it himself, didn't he? He admitted what he did wrong in chapter 13. He did not seek the Lord's will in the action. And we have to be careful with that as well in our personal lives because we tend to do things for religious reasons. Or we do we go to church because it's the right thing to do. But does God love and honor that? He looks at the heart, and he looks at what he has commanded us to do in the Word of God. So, for example, not picking on anybody, but let's say you only do live streams of church or TV church. Or, I don't need to go to church, I just need to have personal Bible study. Well, unfortunately, that's not correct, because what God has spoken multiple times in the Old and New Testament is that we are supposed to be in fellowship with each other. The church is a body of Christ, and you can't have a body with parts missing, right? It's not a complete body if there's pieces missing. So it's important to have a healthy church environment and to have healthy interactions at church. Not because we, it's the right thing to do on Sunday, but that's because we were told to do that. We were commanded by God to do that. If that happens to apply to you, it mean, I mean no offense by it. I'm sure you have your reasons for it, but that's what God has commanded. I'm only telling you what God says. So they did it the right way this time, and they brought it in to Jerusalem. And then we see this same psalm that is spoken here by David, which seems very familiar to some of the other ones that he has done, but it is not one of these psalms in particular. It's either a compilation of them, or they just have some similarities to other psalms, but it's not a particular psalm just listed here. Now, you're also seeing a name here that we'll see more often as we go through the Psalms, and his name is Asaph, or you might call it Asaph. I mean, I prefer, I prefer Asaph because it's more appropriate to the culture, but Asaph is a name you'll see often because he is responsible for having written several Psalms in the book of Psalms, besides David. David did the majority of them, but Asaph did a few. And so it's worth noting that his name will be reappearing um, throughout the future portion of our reading. Chapter 17 is 
also familiar to us, but I always like coming back to this one because you see David's heart. His, he's not satisfied with having all the things, right? He's not satisfied with being king, having a beautiful house. He wants to magnify the Lord because he knows that the Lord is the one who established him, the one who made him king, the one who directs his life, the one who is sovereign over all the universe. And he wanted to honor him properly. So he wanted to build him a house. And we know the story. We know that he was not allowed to because he was a man of war and he wanted somebody who was pure and undefiled to be the one to build his house. But we know the other part of David's story is he did everything he could except actually build it. He helped design it. He gathered all the materials to build it. He set Solomon up to where as soon as Solomon took power, boom, Everything that I had hoped to do, you're going to be able to complete for me. And the Lord respected and agreed to that. He agreed that his son was going to be the one to build a house for him. Even though he didn't need one, right? Because we understand that about God. He doesn't actually live on the Ark of the Covenant. He doesn't actually live in the temple. He is bigger than the universe, it's described elsewhere in Scripture that the universe fits within a handbreadth of him. That small little thing right there is how big the universe is to him. That's how small and tiny and insignificant we are in comparison to how large God is. So that goes to show you the perspective of how God doesn't need a house. But he did want to be central as their king in Israel, because David understood that too. David was the, the human king, but God was the supreme king and the king of kings, and he remained subject to him. And again, we go back to one of my favorite verses in the Bible, chapter 17, verse 16. Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house? that you have brought me this far. Who am I, Lord? I'm nobody. And what is my family that you have made it so special for me? Why have you brought us this far when we are nobody? Why have you honored me when I am an absolute loser? And yet you have, Lord, and I thank you for it. It's such a humbling reminder. I am no one. But yet the Lord gives me value and gives me a purpose. He gives all of us that purpose if you are his child. So don't ever forget that. So we end on a very high note. We see him bless the Lord and give him all the credit, as we should. And then we're not done with David. There's still plenty more of David to look at as we go through the next chapters, but we'll go ahead and stop for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan. We'll see you next time. Take care and God bless you.